So welcome to another episode of the Wisdom Experience Podcast. Now, I've been on this whole kick about doing these things where conversations happen. And today I am down in central London and I'm in a a no-name park. I don't know the name of this park. Did you catch the name of the park? I have no idea. Me either. And I'm with Sonia. But I'll let her introduce herself in a moment because she's going to answer our favorite question that we like to start off with on the Wisdom Experience podcast. But it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. It's a bit blustery, so there may be a little bit of wind noise um, potentially, so excuse that if that should happen. And you're going to hear kids and stuff playing because we're in a nice, lovely little park in central London, believe it or not. So, Sonia, the question that I like to ask people is a very existential question. And we've just started talking about philosophy over our pizza towards the end. And it's an existential question that you probably asked yourself before, but here it is. Who is Sonia? Well, Clay, well, first of all, I really love existential questions. Uh, I find myself asking a lot of existential questions as well. But this one, I think, is the hardest. Okay. So, who is Sonia? Um, I think Sonia is a work in progress uh, in a sense that I'm trying to explore and discover her as much as possible. And I'm doing it through the means of traveling, through the means of my friendships and relationships I have with the people around me, um, through all the good and bad experiences. But if so, I what were, do you know about her so far? Um, I think Sonia is a very ambitious person. She wants to do a lot of things, go to a lot of places, meet a lot of people. Um, I think she's a perfectionist. She wants everything to fall into place and have a perfect life. (laughs) Uh, But I think she's also someone who is learning to go with the flow and uh, enjoy every single moment, no matter how it is. Uh, And I think it's someone who, as cliche as it sounds, wants to do something for other people and wants to leave an impact. and yeah, I, I love it. Something. No, it's good. I like. I love the idea that you're a work in progress because I think. <laughs> well, I think we're all a work in progress. You know, I don't think any of us actually have it figured out. I mean, I'm, you know, 20 years older than you, and I'm still trying to figure out who, who the heck is Clayla. Who is this character? Sometimes I wake up and I don't even recognize who the heck I am. So yeah, um, I think that's fantastic. That it's a work in progress, and there's so many places. Um, that I want to go in terms of a conversation with you. And, but first, let's get a bit of your background, because I want to talk about your uh, the digital nomad aspect. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about travel today, so I, I like to talk about travel um, as well. But let's get a sense of your background. I know you've just finished uh, university, so kind of give us a feel for, you know, the university you went to, what you studied, um, and why you put, chose a particular major that you did? So uh, I'm originally from Romania. I lived there for 19 years and then I moved to the UAE. That's because I got accepted at an American university there. It's called New York University uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, 
I studied there for four years. I recently graduated actually this May. Um, I majored in social research and public policy. And I also did two minors in economics and psychology. Um, if you know, with the American universities, um, you can explore multiple fields. And I knew I was interested in the social science field. It's just that in Romania, I didn't really have the opportunity to focus on this from an academic perspective. That's why I wanted to go and study abroad and I found out about this opportunity and it ended up being one of the best things I've ever done so far. Um, and why social research and public policy? You know, as I said previously, I want to have an impact on people's lives. Um, and in the, in the society we live in, uh, this is happening mostly through the public policies that are given on a local, national, international level. Um, so, yeah, I just decided that maybe it would be great to study this and see where it's going to take me. Because you strike me as quite the budding activist when I look at <laughs> your Instagram stories sometimes. You do yes. you know, bring up some of the things and injustices that yes. are going on in the world. And one of the projects that we worked on together was the podcast for Namal as well, isn't it? When we were interviewing uh, stories of the refugees and you know, Voices of Resilience is that podcast, if anybody's curious about it. Um, and so, yeah, you strike me as, as, a, as a budding activist. Tell me a little bit about that life. What is it that, what's the internal structure of your mind when you look at that and you say, this is happening and something should be done about it? Because I'm not an activist, by the way. Um, I, I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, I'm not an activist. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you know, I've realized throughout these years, uh, especially at NYU Abu Dhabi, where uh, I got to meet a lot of people from so many countries and of so many socioeconomic backgrounds. And I realized that each of us is more or less privileged. And this privilege, it kind of creates this... Um, injustice that we see around in so many countries so many places and every time I see some sort of injustice I just ask myself what if I were um, what if this event would have happened to me what would I do in that case and it's just knowing that I'm good and someone else is not good that's just because of the systemic barriers that exist it just frustrates me mm. and it makes me take some sort of action it's not big action it's you know the action I could take in my own capacity, but it just made me feel responsible uh, of doing something, of like letting people know about what's happening in a specific country um, or like with a specific community. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I like to donate for specific causes. And then with the work that we do at NAMAL, I think uh, that's more of like a practical work that we do because we are actually trying to help some people um, and it just feels good. Mm. I just feel that I'm responsible for that because I have the privilege to do something, so I should use my privilege towards doing that thing for someone. I like that. It's almost like um, as a citizen, citizen of the world, or just a member of it, being a human being, yes. if you have the capacity to help others, then it's almost our civic duty to, uh, to do that. I suppose I did it in my own way by going into the military and to being served, being a public servant in that way. Um, and you know, on my to-do list, I do have been to 
championed some calls. I mean, I've been helping out with the new a bit, and that's been a very eye-opener for me. Um, and in fact, I would like to expand and do more of that. I would like to do more uh, on location, because I think I could give of my sort of talents and skills of that way and kind of be on, you know, be in some of these places and do that. Can you just talk a little bit about Namal? What's it about is, yes. and, and what's its mission? Yes. Uh, well, well um, Namal is an incredible organization. I started interacting with Namal when I was in university. Um, it's, it's a new organization. We don't have many years. Um, but I think we've been expanding a lot. When I uh, joined Amal two, three years ago, it was very small. We had one, two training programs. Uh, basically, through our training programs, we are trying to give refugees and marginalized communities around the world the possibility to gain the professional skills they need in order to work remotely. Because, you know, we believe for displaced people, especially uh, when they uh, relocate to the new host countries, maybe the these host countries, they don't have, they won't have the opportunities to be employed there. And there are so many reasons. There are so many like logistical, systemic barriers and things like that. So with the trainings we are giving them, we are trying to push them on the track so that they can access remote work. Because if you access remote work, if you work for a company um, from another country, then you can be paid well and you can have a good life in the host country where you are as a refugee or a displaced person. So basically, through our training programs, through our advocacy, through the research that we are doing, through our collaborations with so many partners and platforms and employers, uh, we are really trying to create this space where more and more displaced people uh, could get the training, technical and uh, soft training, and uh, hopefully get some sort of uh, remote work opportunity. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Uh, you know, just from my limited experience, because I've done some training for Namal and done the podcast, but but yeah, just there's been some incredible people that I've you know interacted with and met, and and, and some of the stories, and I'm thinking, yeah, I just like you said, it's almost like we have a. a privilege in this and sometimes and we don't actually necessarily always see it mm-hmm. um, and see how how fortunate we actually are and then I listen to some of these people's stories and I think I'm not doing enough <laughs> I'm not doing enough of my life I need to do more <laughs> if they've done all of that given this the circumstances that they are and I'm definitely um underachieving uh, in, in that fashion but yeah so what where did you where did the, the travel bug come from so I mean, you're from Romania now here you are standing here with me in London I look at your Instagram and it seems like you're in a new country every other week or month I'm like oh, where is she at now <laughs> you're always on a plane always in some other place where did that travel bug come from and what is it that travel gives to you or does for you that's yeah that's a very good question um I think when I was in school in primary school especially um I was asking my mom to 
readme stories or articles about specific places on earth and i just found it very uh, impressive and very exciting and uh, i was like oh maybe i shouldn't just stay here in romania i should go and explore the world and see what's happening there what kind of cultures people have how what languages they speak in a specific area and things like that um well when this happened i was very small i was in kindergarten primary school but then as i started to grow older and learn more about the world from a you know social economic political perspective uh, i became more and more interested and um, when i was in high school and i was looking for opportunities to study abroad that's when the opportunity with uh, nyuad came and at nyuad i just traveled so much like my time in university was so exciting because i traveled to i don't know between 10 to 20 countries in four years i believe and it just opened up this this um, desire to just go and see places and meet people and learn about the history or the culture or the events happening in a specific place connect with the people from there whether they are my friends or whether they are like strangers i'm meeting on the spot try new food um, and when I travel especially when I go to the airport and I go to a country where I haven't been before there's this like excitement that oh my god I'm going somewhere where I haven't been before so this is you know an incredible opportunity to discover the place but also discover myself and see how I feel there um, yeah it, it just brings me a lot of excitement that I feel that I'm alive I feel that I do something that I really like with my life. Mm. If I look at my life uh, from a bigger, bigger perspective, I would say, uh, I'm just very satisfied because I know I've been seeing a lot of places and it just brings me so much happiness and joy. And I feel that I'm productive <laughs> in like that it. sense. Yeah. yeah. So quite the explorer, traveler. I, I love it. And you, when you go to these places, because you go in the capacity of a traveler as opposed to a tourist it seems so um, as you say getting to know the people and the culture and and things like that what are some of the lessons you've learned so if you were thinking of three things you've learned about yourself while you were off traveling what what might those be what are some big lessons that you've learned about yourself particularly yes so um the first one i would say uh to be as flexible as possible sometimes i have a plan sometimes i don't <laughs> i'm not maybe the most organized person even though i travel a lot and even though like i um the work i'm doing i'm a program manager so i'm supposed to be very organized but in reality i'm not so organized which is not bad because it forces me to stay flexible and to be spontaneous and improvise um and while sometimes I like to have a plan and let's say today I see this place and this place, tomorrow I see the other place, you know, life happens and I, I might not be able to do so. So in this sense, I'm flexible. I don't get frustrated mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm learning to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually when this happens, um, the plan that I actually didn't plan ends up being way better than I expected. Yeah. So just being flexible and see what I can do in that place, what people I can meet. Yeah. Yeah. So the flexibility. Yes. What's another uh, lesson? Another lesson is staying safe no matter where you go. I had some um, 
unpleasant events, I would say. For example, one time um, I was on a train from Romania to Hungary and I fell asleep on the plane and when I woke up, my wallet disappeared and I had my national ID and some money and some cards and I had to cancel everything. So, and a few more <laughs> events like that. So I learned every time I travel, especially if it's just me or just one more person with me, to always, you know, um, um, pay attention, mm. not fall don't fall asleep, stay awake, stay alert, no matter where you go, because you need to take care of yourself and of your belongings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is something I learned the hard way. Yeah, learned the hard way. Sometimes those <laughs> are the best lessons, aren't they? Yes. And it, and there must be an added complexity, you know, being a female traveler, traveling alone as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yes. So extra level, level of alertness, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yeah. So no, that's that's interesting. And if you were thinking about the place that you feel is your spiritual home outside of your native country, where would that place be? Uh, I think there are multiple places, but the first one that comes to my mind, that's New York. Um, I went there in my third year of university to study for a semester. And the moment I stepped in there, like the moment I got out of the airport and I saw all that skyscrapers and all that, you know, chaos, organized chaos in a way. I just felt so incredible. I've never felt something like that before. And I just knew that I want to stay here for a while. And that's something that I'm working towards right now. Um, but definitely New York. It just feels so magical to be there, to, to, to be among all the people with so incredible stories because there are so many immigrants coming to New York and I've met some incredible individuals with like very inspiring stories and uh, I just want to be part of that place. There I felt the most alive to be honest. <laughs> now over lunch you spoke a number of times you mentioned energy yes. and that you're very driven by energy. Can you ex expand on, expand that, on that for me? <laughs> yeah I think uh, that's a bit complicated um maybe it relates to like i don't know i i consider myself as a spiritual person and i believe in energy in a sense that let's say for example now clay i'm vibing with you you know we are having this podcast we met today we work together i just know i can resonate with many of the things that you are saying and with just your presence here it makes me feel good um when I think about energy, energy related to a place, if I go to a place and I feel good there, like that's the feeling that I'm getting, the energy. If I meet with a person and I have a good conversation and I feel good and the time passes, but I don't realize that, I'm just vibing with that person and that's energy for me. And is this a feeling in your gut area, a feeling in the head, heart, where out on your body? Do you I think in my chest, chest, where my heart is, definitely that's where when I get good vibes, that's the area where I can feel it. Yeah. Get the good vibes, <laughs> good vibrations. You know that song? Yes. <laughs> yeah, good vibrations. There's actually there's a couple of songs with that line in it about being the sort of good vibrations. So, no, awesome. So, this energy, and is this something that you cultivate, or is this something you always felt as a kid, or is it just a... Uh, 
um, just a, a thing that's been a natural part of your being? Um, I think, well, that's a good question. Um, I have a very good relationship with my mom and my mom is a very spiritual person from many perspectives. And I think I started having this conversation with her about spirituality and energy uh, when I was younger and it just resonated with me and everything I do, like every day, whether I'm meeting someone or doing a specific task, I always ask myself, um, does this have a meaning? Like things have to have a meaning for me. Uh, does this resonate with me? Uh, do I feel good while I'm doing this? Do I like the energy I'm getting? Um, it's just something I've been cultivating since I was younger. It just like resonated with me and I'm just going along. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you looked at me funny when I said that life is ultimately meaningless? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, uh, I'm quite the existentialist in that way. I know. <laughs> um, but it, but, and as, as, as um, I suppose, nihilistic as that might sound, is actually empowering and that we get to create meaning for exactly, ourselves. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Everyone has the power to create meaning for themselves. I don't know exactly where I'm, I'm standing here. I'm, I'm still exploring, but I like to create meaning for myself yeah. as well. Now you asked me a tough question at lunch and I'm going to throw it back at you now. What's your philosophy of life? Yeah, as you said, it's a very <laughs> tough question. Um, I don't know. I think I might change the answer to this question as I grow older. But right now, I think just um, living in the presence, mm. present, like really being present. Um, me, for example, when I travel, I want to disconnect from my phone. I want to be, you know, present in the nature or in the city. When I have a conversation with someone, I want to be fully engaged and feel that I am with the person. Mm. Um, so be present. Um, so which, which isn't typical necessarily of your generation either, is it? It's the phone is yes. and you look around and everybody's on the phone, even when they're together at the table having supposedly a meal together. So that's interesting. Yeah, there are so many distractions. Mm. That's very true. So I'm trying now to fight these distractions and really be present. And I feel like since I graduated and I started to have this remote job and started to travel and have more time for myself, I really started to feel that, ah, this is how it feels to, to live more in the present. Yes. And then uh, I would say, um, and that's something I'm working on right now, to have the courage to do what you actually feel and what actually brings you joy. Because uh, this is so important. If you do things that are coming from your heart, even though I don't know, the society or I don't know, your friends or family might be against it, to still have the courage to do it because it will i believe it will lead you where you are supposed to be or in a place that it's specifically created for you mm. and that's a really good message and read my newsletter for this week that came out because i have a couple of articles or essays on that very topic um so check check those out and let me know what you think for about sure, it because yes. uh, it's exactly that it's about you know, because there is sometimes you have these expectations from parents, society, yes. partner, yes. and you know everyone has an expectation of you, and then sometimes we conform, to and we so that, yeah, yeah, and we put ourselves aside. We put aside what we know in our heart 
that we want to go, but then we defer it. Um, And sometimes people defer it saying, oh, well, I'll do it when some distant future thing, when all the stars align, I'll do it. But there's no guarantee that that'll ever happen. Absolutely. And a lot of time can pass when you could be being in the space that is you as a human being, as opposed to denying yourself. That's a, Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I hang, definitely hang on to that because that's a, that's a good one to hang on to. So if you do nothing else, just hang on to, <laughs> hang on to that one. Now talk to me a little bit about the um, digital nomad life because mm. you, you know, this you know the, in the way that the world is today you pretty much just need a a decent internet connection and you can mm-hmm. kind of work from anywhere in the world how is how is that how are you finding that life i think it's very exciting i really love it and i think um it resonates with i don't know the things i want to do right now because at the moment i don't want to settle just in one well except new york i really want to settle in new york for a few (laughs) years but if it's not new york i just want to go around i don't want to stay in one place um i feel that now i have you know physical energy to do a lot of things so um traveling seems to be the the best way to go about it um i'm also aware from a privilege perspective that I, my passport allows me to go and travel to so many countries without having to apply for a visa at an embassy or even a, an e-visa. I can just go without any sort of visa. Uh, while I have so many friends uh, who need to apply for visas and they're very expensive and they come in a long time. So I'm, I'm aware of the privilege I have. Um, I'm grateful for it, but also it frustrates me when I, especially when I see my friends and they can't do the same. Um, yeah, and in terms of, you know, like finding that work-life balance when you're traveling, I think that's tricky. That's where you need to be very flexible, but also find ways to be organized while being flexible. Uh, usually I'm trying to keep my working days from Monday to Friday, and then weekends I'm trying to disconnect completely and just like enjoy the places where I go. I'm trying to take flights either during the night so I reach in the morning whether I have to travel during the weekdays or whether it's during the weekend then that's fine but the flight tickets are more expensive during the weekend so I need to travel during the weekdays. Um, I'm just trying to find you know ways that would fit my schedule because I'm also prioritizing my work. I want to do, I want my work to be of good quality so I need to find time for that. Mm. Uh, Where are you currently living now? Um, <laughs> or are you just working from airplane to airplane? <laughs> I'm just working from airplane to airplane. No, I'm, um, I think, so in uh, August, I was mostly in Switzerland. Okay. Um, now in September, I was in Switzerland and Romania, but I've been traveling to, um, now I'm in the UK, before I was in Spain, before, uh, yeah. During the weekends, I'm traveling and I'm trying to find a country where I can just go back and then travel again for now it's romania okay gotcha right and is your intention to pick a different country to kind of maybe live in like stay for an extended period of time to base out of as a digital nomad um i think i might do that with uh the uae uh that's because well i'm planning to apply for the golden visa and become a resident there for 10 years um 
and have you a golden a... visa is that like Willy Wonka's <laughs> chocolate factory golden yes. ticket thing <laughs> yes kind of kind of yeah um, yeah, uh, that's because like after I graduated from New York University Abu Dhabi, I have the possibility to apply for a golden visa, and I want to do that because it brings you some benefits. So that's a work in progress. But also, I'm open uh, to getting opportunities to go and live in the U.S. for a few years. So I'm really just you know, I have some ideas in mind, but I'm open to see what other things come my way. Right, awesome. Okay, so as we wind the episode down, what are some words of wisdom that you might want to pass on? Because you've dropped some gold here today. <laughs> There's some good stuff, but what would you... Um, Even if it's just a summary of, uh, and it's more succinct points of the, some of the things you said earlier. So um, three, two takeaways. So, uh, recently I had my birthday Ooh. and every birthday I make a wish and the wish I made for this birthday, I know you're not supposed to see your wishes, but I'm going to say it <laughs> now. Uh, and as I said previously, just like have the courage to do whatever you feel is right for you, despite everyone saying the opposite. I mean, don't do crazy things that might put you in danger for sure, but like follow your heart when you feel that it's calling you it sounds so cliche but it's so true like mm. if you follow your heart you will end up exactly where you feel that you belong Absolutely. so that's one thing um another thing just you know have a plan but don't be rigid with it stay f flexible stay open um, and accept other opportunities that might come your way because you never know they might actually be better than what you had in mind before right so you believe in like serendipity and things like that so like you're saying like open it and the universe will move the things around that <laughs> need to be moved around to make yeah. things possible for you yeah. yeah I personally believe I believe that if you have an idea and it seems impossible for you I don't think you need to know from the very beginning how you will proceed with that idea. You just really need to wish. I mean, of course, you need to start making some steps, right? But you make the first step, another thing comes your way and it will help you, you know, proceed further. Um, but you don't need to know how from the very beginning. I really want to go to New York. I don't know how yet, but, you know, I'm trying to make small steps and I hope... <laughs> I, I'm 100% I'm on board with you. I think you... You set your intention, and then you just have to pay attention. Yes, And exactly. then the opportunity, I mean, I, I'm here in the UK for that very reason. I knew that we wanted to move back to the UK so the kids can be educated here. Didn't know how, and I didn't even stress or plan. I was just like, I want to do this, X, and, and, and put it out there. And things just started falling into place. And things, some things on the surface look bad, but then they turn out being good. So I was working for a big financial institution and I was there and then I got made redundant. And you think, oh, but I happened to be working with someone that knew someone that was over here that was doing the project, got made redundant. Two days later, or I was here in England and then I was only supposed to be here for three months. It was only a three month project and it's now 23 years later <laughs> and I'm still here. But the things just kind of, you know, they kind of line themselves up. But I think, you, you know, the important thing that you said that you've got to 
put the intention out there and you've got to do stuff, but you also, and you have to pay attention. You have to be open. You got to pay attention and, and follow it. And it comes from, and the one thing that I've learned is that you never know. There's a saying about, you never know when you're speaking to an angel, it can be anybody. Exactly. And so, you know, you yes. got to have a, a mind that's open and any interaction. And it may be a fleeting one. You might just bump into someone in the tube and they say a thing, but that was the thing you needed to hear. Absolutely. at that that point in time so yes, yeah. yes. i had i had moments when i met with people and it was so random it felt so random but it was in my opinion with a reason so yeah, yeah. well as i said to say there's no coincidences yes it's all uh, cause effect energies moving the stuff in motion <laughs> and it kind of happens it's so it's so fascinating how um all these sort of things work and I, I won't do it on this uh, podcast, and perhaps I'll do it um, on, a, on another podcast, but I have this breadcrumb uh, exercise or theory that you do. And just very briefly, it's to, you know, think about all the little small decisions that you've made in your past and trace them to your future. So for me, for instance, deciding to check my mail before lunch or after lunch. And if I had to check it, uh, before lunch, then I would have never met the person that a whole bunch of other stuff um, kind of happened as a result of that meeting. So the decisions aren't, they're not, it's the small ones, it's the very tiny ones and that have all these ripple effects through time. So part of it is just to go back and see what decision did you make that then that to that, then to that. And, you know, going to the bookstore on a Tuesday and you weren't going to be there till Wednesday, but you went on Tuesday and and you just randomly talk to somebody you didn't know, and then and, and, and so many things happen. So yeah, it's an interesting thought experiment to do. I love that. Yeah. I I absolutely love that, and I agree. Yeah, there are some small decisions we make in a specific moment. Let's say if we made it two minutes later, maybe the consequence of it wouldn't have happened. But mm. because we do it at the right time, yeah. So, so we don't force things, just let yeah, it go with it. it. Go, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and any place online do you want to send people to? Maybe Namal or something along those lines? Or, yes. Or do you, you, you don't blog or that kind of stuff. I know you do the Instagram, but your Instagram is a private thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah but you don't, do, you don't have like a blog. Or no, but I'm planning to start one soon. Okay. So I will keep you updated okay. about it. Yeah. About Namal, definitely our website, uh, namal.com. Um, org uh, or our LinkedIn page Namal. If you go, you find us there first. <laughs> first and thing that appears. Show notes as well. So yes. And uh, our podcast Voices of Resilience. You know, Clay, we, we we've it's been working Spotify. with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we you know we ended the first series and we hopefully we're trying to start the second series of it. And this and the second series and Lorraine, if you listen to this second series. <laughs> I want to be out on location so you guys can send me around to different places. That would be lovely. Yeah, there you go. I want to follow you around on all your <laughs> little adventures. All right, well, thank you. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed having this conversation in this lovely little spot that we've stumbled upon. Thank you in so London. much, Blake. Thank you.